Welcome to the Mystic Access Podcast, where the magic is in learning. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the March 7th episode of the Mystic Access Podcast. She's Kim. He's Chris. And we have some exciting things to talk about today, as usual. And we can first start off with March's free event. Yay, a free event. It's been a while, guys. We're excited to be offering a free event. Some of you may know that we decided early in the year to make our free events quarterly as opposed to every month. This was a difficult decision for us because we really love talking to you guys and we really love sharing information. The problem is that sometimes you run out of good ideas and there are only two of us. So sometimes it's hard to come up with things, and that, among other reasons, is why we decided to do quarterly events as opposed to monthly events. So that's less time we get to spend with you guys in a group setting virtually. However, we're looking forward to something kind of fun and creative for March, and it's going to be, let me tell you the date first so you'll know, it's going to be March 30th. So as usual, traditionally, we're meeting the last Thursday of the month. That's going to continue. So March 30th at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. And what's our topic, Chris? Well, what happens in March? Spring comes! Yay! Spring comes. And for those of us who are working with, you know, homes and things like that and apartments and dwellings, there's a thing that happens every year called spring cleaning. Ah, yes. That thing that we put off for a lot of the winter season. Now, of course, hopefully you're doing some cleaning all the time because otherwise your house would be really gross. But sometimes we dive in and we do some really major cleaning in the spring. And we just might have a few tools and tips to make that process easier for you guys. And we can discuss some. We could show a few demos. Obviously, we'll record those in advance. But we can show you some demos and we can show you some ways to make this easy and accessible and, dare I say, even fun. Because I have one tool in particular that I absolutely love that we bought last year. I love that thing. I know you know what I'm talking about, but our listeners can be surprised when they listen to the class and find out what I'm talking about. But there are a lot of tools that can make it easy, and you can do it in a way, guys, for those of you who this matters to, that is not toxic to your pets and your kids and everybody around you. So you don't have to use tons of harsh chemicals to make your house nice and clean. So that's just going to depend on you. It's going to depend on what you like. But we're going to just talk about some cool ideas. And, of course, in our home, some of them are smart. And we're going to talk a little more about that aspect of things and what you can do and just give you some ideas. So I think it's going to be a really fun class. It's a great start to spring. And we will certainly look forward to it because it will be officially spring. I hope it feels like spring here in New York by March 30th, at least a little. And we will look forward to sharing that information with you. Now, for those of you who are new to our events, to get the information, you'll need to join our events mailing list, which has been very silent for the last several months. So if you want to join it, you can join from any page on our website or drop me an email and say, hey, Kim, I want to join the events mailing list and I will put you on that list. Or, of course, for those of you who don't have email access or are otherwise really not good with your email, ask your friends because your friends can give you this information and help you to join. So ask your more tech-savvy friends and they can give you the information to make sure that you are part of class because we want you to be able to join us as well. And there are always phone numbers you can call because we meet via Zoom and you can call and join us that way. And of course, if you miss out, if you can't come live, the class will be recorded and up on our free downloads page sometime in early April. 
So it will be available for you there. So come bring your questions, bring your own ideas, because I would love to hear them, because I always love having a nice squeaky clean house, and we would love to know what you think. Speaking of free downloads, yes, we can revert back to the main Mystic Access podcast website. And we can talk a little bit about spam, which is something that we don't like, and no. CAPTCHAs, which is something that we don't like. Oh, we definitely don't like CAPTCHAs, but they do prevent spam. They definitely prevent spam. So a couple things about the podcast site. The tip jar was broken, so we had a shattered tip jar. Oh, no! That a shattered has... tip jar holds no tips. Right. So that is one thing that has been fixed over the past weekend. Yes. So if you like what we do, you want to say thank you with a little tip for us. We always appreciate those, and those will go straight back into paying for all the maintenance that goes into keeping this podcast going. So you're welcome to do that. It's just a one-time thing. You can drop us a tip if you are so inclined. No pressure. No pressure at all. It is fixed. It yes. wasn't fixed. We got an email from... Someone who wanted to leave us a tip. Yes, and says, uh, we can't go to the next button because there isn't one. So we figured that out. And sometimes when you put this stuff up, especially a tip, you can't really test it. So when sometime along the way, it did work, and then it stopped working somewhere along the way. And it now works again. I got rid of a conflict. And that's really all it was, was conflict. But we're talking about captures here for a second. On the contact form and comments on the podcast website, mysticaccesspodcast.com, there is now a CAPTCHA, kind of like Google's recapture that we've seen throughout the entire universe. And what this does, it's actually from Cloudflare. So this is from Cloudflare, and it works kind of like recapture. If it thinks you're a human, it will just let you add a comment. If it can't figure out if you're a human or not, sometimes I wonder myself if I am, but Me that's too. beside the point. It will ask you to check a checkbox that will allow you to make a comment should you wish to. Again, no pressure on all this, but we know that we didn't like these spammy comments coming in because it's just a waste of time to go in and delete them. Absolutely. So now you can contact us in that way through that contact form and know that you're coming in loud and clear and that you don't have to worry about a really tricky CAPTCHA. So this one isn't difficult. Another thing I want to mention about the podcast really quickly is we always, always really appreciate your ratings and reviews. They're always very helpful to us. And one thing I want to do, and I hope I can do it in the next month or so, is to create a little podcast to throw in the feed. It won't be numbered. It won't be one of our weeklies. But something where I can show you how to create reviews on some of these podcast sites. So I'll probably show Apple Podcasts. Spotify and TuneIn and then with your others if you choose to leave reviews on other platforms that we're on then you're kind of on your own there because I can't obviously show them all but I can show you those the big three you know if you will obviously there are others there's Google there's all kinds of places we are everywhere and you can always find us on your favorite platform but if you choose to leave us a review it always helps us out it gets us higher in the ratings and sometimes you get reviews from people who really aren't so impressed with you and those reviews bring you down further so if you enjoy what we do in particular and want to leave us a review, I will show you how to do that. Obviously, once again, no pressure whatsoever to do so if that just feels way too complicated. But I did want to kind of give an idea how it works. I probably will show a good portion of it on PC so that as many people as possible can participate if they wish to. But note that just because I'm showing it on PC, it will be fairly similar through something like Safari or Silk or one of your Android-based browsers as well. Speaking of browsers, I did want to comment on the last episode we showed the Avast Secure browser. And 
just for giggles, I downloaded the AVG one as well. And one thing it did not have was bank mode, which was fine with me. But I also made a statement that there was not a professional or paid version of the AVG browser. There most certainly is. And it does the same thing with your VPN. So the AVG browser does have a VPN and it does have a trial for that VPN. And I want to talk about the VPN just for a second in a minute. But when you went into the security center in the AVG browser, because it integrates with AVG, it wanted me to have the best results to download AVG. Of course, I don't have AVG and you don't want two antivirus programs, especially from the same parent company on your computer, because that's really not good. They would conflict with each other. But the funny thing about the VPN is I needed the VPN for about five minutes. And instead of going out of my browser and turning on the overall secure line VPN that we have through the computer, I just went into the Avast browser, toggled on the VPN, did my thing, and then toggled off. I was testing something that I wanted to look like I was coming from another country. And that was kind of cool just to toggle it on, use it, and then toggle it off within the browser. But I just wanted to kind of mention that is a very, very slim use case scenario for a VPN. But I thought it was cool just to have it in the browser. That is very cool. So would you recommend one over another just based on those experiences? Well, if you don't want to lose your voice going into bank mode because you don't understand what it is, <laughs> you know, and if you have AVG free or I think Avast has a free version too. If you're using either one of those antiviruses, then I would probably just, you know, just check it out. You might like it. You might say, well, I don't care and move on to something else. But I just wanted to correct my statement from the last podcast. Very cool. So we're talking about websites and we're talking about things of that nature. And one thing that has taken the world by storm is this chat GDP. And a couple days ago, I thought, well, I just want to see what the big deal is. And it's artificial intelligence and it can create texts and stuff depending on what you ask it. I think it can even create images just by artificial intelligence. And it can write code too. Okay. I did not know that it could write code. <laughs> it can write code. Okay. So I went in, I found a demo, and I wanted to just see what it was all about. And I asked it about Mystic Access. What is Mystic Access? And it told us in a very good description kind of what it was, and I was actually very impressed. So then I asked it to write me a poem about the Mystic Access podcast. And it did, but it got it wrong. It said that Chris and Lisa were hosts. So that was kind of wrong, but the rest of it was kind of on par with what the podcast was. So Kim had tried it. She said, write me a poem about Mystic Access. Write me a poem about Mystic Access. Yes, that was my first poem. Right. And, <laughs> and it wrote me something very generic. So okay. it didn't seem to have anything to do with us or our website. I won't read you that poem, but it's essentially just a poem about magic and mysticism and things like that. I'll read you the last stanza. So come and join us in this place. Let your spirit fly without a trace. The magic here will fill your soul and leave you feeling whole. So that's the last stanza. And the whole thing is kind of that generic in terms of what it's all about. It could be about anything. Right. So then she asked to write a poem about the Mystic Access podcast. Yes, I did. And we are not claiming copyright 
So we don't know how this stuff works. So we're just going to get that. It can be very dicey. Apparently we've been reading a lot about this, particularly since a lot of these AI chats and this one chat GPT is only one of several that are available out there. And it is the most popular, certainly at the moment, although Google's Bard will probably soon be available as well. So I've been reading up on this a little bit over the last couple of days, and there are several of these. But for instance, in graphics, if you tell it to create you a graphic of something, many times it is grabbing graphics that are attributed to other people already. So it's infringing on copyright. So yeah, there's a lot of diciness around this, including with some text. It's probably pulling some copyrighted text as well. So it's pretty murky in terms of this type of thing. So we just want to be very clear. This is not something we wrote. This is something that AI gave us back when we asked about it. Right, and we don't know if it's even something that somebody else wrote. Exactly. We have no idea. We don't assume so. You and I got two different poems, and I actually prefer my poem. I think my poem is really fun. Right. But it's just something to note. And anybody can use ChatGPT. You would go to openai.com and you can sign up for an account. I'm going to double check that while we're talking here. But first I want to read you this poem because it is really funny. So here's the poem that we got when I asked. Write a poem about the Mystic Access podcast. And it came back with this. Mystic Access, a podcast so bright, guiding us through the tech world's might. With Chris and Kim at the helm, Accessibility for all is the realm. They demonstrate with clarity, tips and tricks with sincerity. That's my favorite line. From a screen reader's view to new gadgets tried and true. Their voices so warm, bringing calm to any storm. For those needing guidance on their way, Mystic Access is here to stay. As they share their knowledge and expertise, our confidence grows with ease. Weaving tech and accessibility for all in the community. Mystic Access, a beacon of light, leading us towards the future bright. Thank you for all that you do. Chris and Kim, we're grateful to you. (laughs) How funny. That's what it gave us. That's what it gave us, and it was really cute. Mine wasn't as spot on as that one, especially when it got the hosts wrong. Yes. But it probably picked up somewhere that Lisa used to co-host the podcast with us. Yes. But now we usually only see her a few times a year, particularly for the annual food edition. But we thought this was cute and we wanted to bring it to your attention. Just that, you know, you just feed it something and it gives you something back. And sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's not. I asked about a celebrity who I knew was deceased and it actually gave me her birthday and date of her death. So that was kind of interesting as well. If you're interested in trying chat GPT yourself, you can do so. I'll link to a couple of sites in the show notes so that you can learn how to do so. But you can learn more at openai.com. That will kind of get you started. There is the link for the demo that we used, but you can actually also sign up and use ChatGPT for free. But you do have to create an account to do so. I will put information in the show notes so that you will kind of know how to begin that journey. Pretty interesting stuff. It has taken the world by storm in such a short period of time. I know, I think I first started to hear about it back in November, and I'm like, I agree, yeah. What is this? And I thought, and it may be something, I thought it was something that was going to speak to you. I never thought that, but I was hearing crazy things about it, and all the things it could do, and all these things that it was passing, all these tests that they gave it that it would pass. It's basically, for those of us that have used chat, when you're chatting with technical support or something like that, that's what the interface is like, at least the Mm -hmm. demo that we saw. It doesn't necessarily mean that it can't be something that speaks or whatever. 
but that's what I thought it was. And it wasn't. But it was kind of fun to go in and play with that. You know, speaking of talking, all of that talking might get you thirsty. Ah, yes, there is that. And what's the best thing to do when you're thirsty? Maybe Drink. Drink, and maybe if you want to be healthy about it, you can drink yourself a nice big swig of water. Yes. And this has been something going on in our personal lives, as you may have guessed from our previous information on Waterminder that we've talked about in a couple of episodes now. We mentioned it in one because they had done an update and their iOS version had helped with some accessibility issues. So that was really great. And then we talked about it more thoroughly on a previous podcast to that. But water has been important in our lives recently. We've both been drinking more of it and really reaping a lot of benefit, I feel, and I know you do too, from Uh doing that. And one thing that we both decided to do recently is to get ourselves a larger water bottle. And I have a 32-ounce water bottle that we call the pink bottle because it's kind of been in our lives for a while. And that's what I use every day. And I'll try and drink three of those. So that's 96 ounces of water in a day. But I thought, you know, I can do more. And I started reading about people who drink a gallon of water a day and kind of thinking, huh, well, I'd be willing to do this. I should probably do this anyway because I know I get dehydrated because I know some of the side effects of being dehydrated. I get tired and my skin gets all dry and I just feel awful. So I know in those instances I'm not drinking enough water. So we went on this journey to find a couple of gallon water bottles for ourselves. And we decided we didn't want the same one because we wanted to kind of know what all is out there. So we each got a different one. And the one thing they share in common, obviously, besides being a gallon, is that both of them have carry handles. And both of them also have a cloth handle or a fabric handle that you can grab and carry as well. So they look like gallon jugs, essentially, but they're not really shaped like a gallon jug that you'd get milk in, for instance. Yeah, and on the top, you have, like you said, a fabric handle that you can actually pick up should you not want to reach down or bend down further just to grab that handle, because I have mine sitting on the floor. So you can actually just lift it up, put it on your leg or something, and then flip the top up. For me, at least, there is a silicone straw top that pops up when the lid is open. So mine, I like that because you hear that snap. If I accidentally tip mine over, it doesn't matter. As long as this end here is snapped, if this end here is open and I tip it over, then there's going to be water all over the floor. Yes, you're going to have a river of water. Right. And then if I unscrew the top and I open the jug and I lift this out, there's the remainder of the straw and the straw is plastic. It's not silicone. It's not the rubbery, flexible silicone type. I can actually remove the bottom of the straw from the top so that, you know, obviously you can get into that part of the straw and clean it. And then one thing that these have that are not tactile, at least I can't feel a way to tell where I am in my drinking cycle. Some of these have lines that you can feel so that you know where you are in your drinking for the day. But you can actually feel, if your water's cold, how far up the jug you actually are during the day. And what's really cool about it, too, is if you're filling your jug, you can actually feel the water coming up the jug and how far it is to the top. So hopefully you don't overflow it unless you're not paying attention completely and you get your water. One thing that I've noticed, because like Kim was talking about the little pink jug, 
I have an 84-ounce stainless steel bottle that I've been using, too. I figured the less trips to the fridge to put the water in, the better. But what I've noticed, and I don't know if you've noticed this as well, is the fact that if you're drinking from a straw, you seem to pull up more liquid. I have absolutely noticed that. It's really, really bizarre because I didn't think that that would matter, but it apparently does. I can pull up more water. Like yesterday was the first day I've had my jug and I drank a gallon of water in a day where sometimes with the 84 ounce, you think you're drinking it all, but you're not. And I'm sometimes only drink 40 ounces of that one because of no straw. Mm-hmm. It's not scientifically known or anything, but I just feel that you're able to pull more water up each time. The other cool thing about yours that I like is yours actually came with a second lid. So you've yes. got your lid with the straw in it, but then you've also got another lid that's kind of like a chug lid. I don't know yes. what you really call those. But your chug lids. There <laughs> your you chug go. chug lids. So in other words, it's got an open mouth right. on the lid, and yes. you can go glug, 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 glug. So we have a refrigerator with both an ice dispenser and a water dispenser. And the thing that I've noticed with having the ice dispenser is sometimes we don't have enough ice during the day and the ice itself can fill up within the dispenser and sometimes it dispenses more ice than you want it to and that's when it's making the ice i think with this we can put a ton of ice cubes into the bottle and put it in so one thing i don't like about it is that for me at least the water isn't as cold once the ice melts with the 84 ounce i can get two days out of really cold water yes but let's quantify that these that you and i got are plastic right this is mine almost full it also makes a really cool drum if it's full of water and you can probably hear my eyes sloshing around in there also the 84 ounce that he has is stainless now you can get a gallon stainless jug but it's going to weigh a gazillion pounds lugging around is going to be a pain but it is going to keep your stuff cold and i think it's going to keep your ice And I think they are pretty expensive. They are. But they do have gallon stainless steel jugs. And right now I'm very happy with mine. I would agree. Mine has a little lid, but it doesn't snap like his does. It just opens and closes. You can kind of hear me closing it. See, it doesn't actually make that snapping sound. That's just me closing it down. And then you pull up the little straw part and you can mm, have a nice sip of water out of your straw. And then there's a long, round part of the straw underneath. And these straws are on both of ours are detachable, so you can wash everything really well. And then you can close this back down. It seals because it goes into this little rubber gasket, so it seals. I could actually pick this up, pour it over my head. I just did it, and nothing is coming out. I've almost got a gallon of ice-cold water in there. So if that had not worked, I wouldn't have done it because, you know, I would have been soaking wet and crying right now because I would have been so cold. <laughs> but. I'm very confident in the fact that even though mine doesn't have a snapping lid, it's got that seal that that straw goes down into, and so there's no problem at all. I can wave this thing around, move it, tip it, whatever, and I'm not going to end up with a problem. It also has a rubberized ring around the lid itself, so you can pick it up by that if you want to. Or if your hand gets wet, it helps you to get a firmer grip if you're holding the lid for whatever reason, and that's pretty cool. Both of ours are kind of rounded, except on the side with the handle. I actually kind of like the round shape. Yes. But they are by different companies. One reason I chose mine is because it's made out of recycled plastic, which I thought was really cool. Mine was a little more than yours, but we're talking, you know, neither of us paid more than 25 bucks for them. And as I said, it's a gallon. So you're thinking eight pounds by the time you have this thing filled up. 
eight point something pounds is a full gallon. So it's also good to kind of heft up and down if you need to during the day if you're bored. Yeah, you, you know, could you could lift weights with in. your bottle, which is yeah. actually a smart thing to do. But if you pick the bottle up from that handle, I feel confident that the bottle's not going to fall. Oh, absolutely, absolutely by either of the handles. Yes, you know th- these are very sturdy. I'm very impressed with how sturdy they are. Your handle is a little wider than mine in terms of from the bottle itself. So from the bottle to the handle, yours is a little wider. But I have smaller hands, so I'm just as happy with mine. I really don't run into a problem. The real difficulty for us in terms of these is filling them. Because as he said, we're filling them from our fridge with the water dispenser. That is a pain in the butt. But you can do it. You can do it. You just have to be careful in doing it because if you need your to use two hands. <laughs> bottle slips out of your hand, <laughs> you're there's a, a gallon of water all over the floor. <laughs> it's bad enough when your glass isn't entirely under or whatever, your bottle or whatever, your vessel isn't entirely under that water thing and you have it going. You could make a mess, as both of us have done in the past. But they are really cool. We're very happy with them. And it is a way to drink your water and make sure that you're getting a good amount of water intake. The other thing I discovered when I was looking this up and learning more about it is when you drink cold water, you actually burn more calories than when you drink room temperature water, which makes sense because your body actually has to warm it up. Right. So that's kind of a fun little thing. I think in the summer, these will be a godsend because it gets really hot up here in the summer. And as cold as it's been this winter, we haven't been out of the 30s, virtually out of the 30s in weeks and weeks and weeks. So when you drink this cold water, you're cold. But I think in the summer, it'll be really awesome and something that we will perhaps enjoy even more. But very, very happy we did it. And because we have the pro version of Waterminder, we could put in that we each have a gallon jug to drink out of. And we can literally track our water once a day and that's it and drink our gallon of water. Oh, and they also come in really cool colors for those of you who care about such things. So mine is purple and blue and yours is what, blue? Mine's a faded blue, they call it. I'm not exactly sure if it fades from, if it starts out dark at the bottom and fades to a lighter blue at the top, or vice versa. But that's what they said it was. It was a fading blue or faded blue. In terms of the time markers, again, that's not really something you can tell a lot about. I know on the pink water bottle, we can feel them. But they're not as raised on either of our gallons. I'm looking at mine right now, and I really can't feel them. Maybe I can feel one right here. Not entirely sure, but they're not as tactile on this gallon jug. But apparently some of them, and I think mine does, also have inspirational sayings on them. Like, you can do it. Just drink more water. You know, whatever. They just kind of give you little inspiring things to keep you going and drinking your water throughout the day. It's fun. I have no regrets about this purchase. Very happy I did it. And it's a good thing. Through the magic of editing, you may have heard the Amazon echo notification that was just displayed or heard or what have you and what that was was an amazon shopping notification to let you know that your packages have arrived so it's one thing that amazon's been pretty good at lately is letting you know when your little packages have arrived and for those that have been frequent listeners you know the saga of the creative labs headphones so Out of curiosity and sometimes for podcast stuff, we sometimes purchase little things to talk about on the podcast. So what I did, I took one for the team and I purchased creative earbuds because I wanted to know if they were like the same as the headphones that we both have. Now, 
cool thing about this little box, I have it in my hand. These are have never been touched. I don't know anything about them. The box has a little magnet in it that keeps the box closed. So if I open this box, flip it up, and then I have to figure out how to get... Okay, so I flipped the box into my hand. And in the box, we have paper material. And you pull the top off, and we have the earbuds. They're in a case. And the case slides open... And there are no earbuds in the case. So where, oh, where are my earbuds? <laughs> okay, so this is where you have to be careful. I just assumed that my earbuds would be in this case. They are not. The earbuds are actually packaged right next to the case. Ah. Okay, no, so no. the earbuds are in the plastic molded box not actually in the case. So if I open the case again and I figure out how these earbuds go in, they actually look pretty good. They do have touch controls on them. That's about all I know at this point. And I put the earbud in the case, the earbud in the other slot in the case. Then you close the lid of the case. And it gives a nice snap. I don't know if you can hear that, but I can hear it from the other room. Right. And it uses, let me look at the cable that came with it. I I'm think sure it's it, USB-C at this stage in the game. I'd be shocked. I'd be shocked too, not. but it looks pretty small. It looks like it is USB-C. Yes. Excellent. So now, I don't know if these are dead or not, or what <laughs> have you. So, if this doesn't work, we'll just have to... Let you guys know in the next podcast. <laughs> yes. So where is my phone? My phone is under the box. And a quick note, too, about my phone for those that have also been following this podcast for a while. I talked about eloquence and how I would use it on my iPhone. And somebody told me recently that they've made changes to eloquence or its bitrate or what have you. And the volume on eloquence, to my opinion, is much nicer than it was before. So I started to use eloquence on my iPhone. Yeah, put it up to the speaker. Let them hear turn them up so that's not real close to the mic but you can hear open bluetooth settings eloquence it's grandpa yes. oh of course then it tries to connect to something else because right. that's how it often does must not be on it must not be on let me see if you're supposed to pull them out I'm going to put one in my ear so my voice might change. Now in pairing mode, waiting for connection. Did it say that? Yes. Wow, cool. Uh, and I don't know why it's not showing up. Now in pairing mode, waiting for connection. There we go. Outlier Pro. Come on, work. There we go. Bluetooth connected. So you got really nice voice prompts. And I don't know if the other one is connected, but the other one is actually in my hand. I've only got one earbud right now. Put the uh, other one back in the case and let's see if your earbud stays connected. I'm sure it will. I'm sure they will work independently of each other. Okay, let me see. 
They're really nice headphones. They're a little bit big. Okay, that one's back in its case. And again, I don't really know if I have the right one, but the other one is still working. So what we'll do is we will give you an update next time. Yeah, on... cue up some music. Though. Let's see how it sounds. It's really hard for me to tell. I'm going to be honest because it's kind of hanging out of my ear because oh, I got, I got, a, you. Okay, I got a headset on as well to do the recording That's true. Here. So we will update you on how these sound. One question before we yes. go about these, though. Does it have other ear tips that you can put in? I believe from the documentation that it does, and it's probably underneath this place here. But I believe from the documentation it does have other ear tips. I think it said three. So... So that either means three additional or three, including the ones you've got. That's on. Yes. The interesting thing about this case is this case literally slides open. Mm -hmm. So it's not one that flips up on a hinge. Right. It actually literally slides open. So I want to put this one back in the case and we're going to play with this after the podcast is over. Very cool. And I'm going to see if it shut off. It did. It did. Excellent. So now I'm back to my regularly scheduled headset. Nice. So we will let you guys know what Chris thinks of these as he continues playing with them. We'll give you an update. But these are the Creative Labs Outlier Earbuds. Earbuds, yes. Mm -hmm. And again, I couldn't get a good hear because the earbud was kind of sticking and hanging out of my ear. So that's why I I did not want to play with music at this point. Understood. So now we can talk about other Bluetooth things. (laughs) Yes. So what do we have here this time? We have something small flat and it includes lots of buttons 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 or braille both okay so tell us this is a bluetooth keyboard and for those of you who think well that sounds kind of familiar haven't you talked about bluetooth keyboards in the past yes but not bluetooth keyboards with braille this comes from our friends at logic keyboard and you may remember last year we had a conversation with alan and michelle from logic keyboard about their braille keyboards and we do offer them on our site as well so you can check those out and they are really cool they do not have any kind of stickers with the braille on them the braille is actually built straight into the keys so these are really nice robust keyboards and one of the things we started talking about was wouldn't it be cool to have a braille keyboard that's bluetooth lo and behold here we are less than a year after meeting michelle We actually met at CSUN, so it's been almost a year to the day since we met her. And here we are with a Bluetooth keyboard from Logic Keyboard. So I am literally holding that on my lap as we speak. It's small, it's compact, it's very easy to pair, and it's got Braille on every key. Well, almost every key. I'll get to that in a second. But this is a really nice keyboard. We're going to have a castle insert with Michelle here in a second. So you can learn more about it. We just want to give you kind of an idea of what this keyboard is like first. So up on the top left, before you even get to the keys, it says Logic Keyboard in uncontracted Braille. So if you find the Escape key and then move up, you'll find where it says Logic Keyboard. It has four little feet, one on either side near the corners of the keyboard. So that's very helpful. There's also another little rubber foot kind of near the front center to help stabilize the keyboard as well. It's fairly small because it's a Bluetooth keyboard, so there's not really space between the keys on this particular keyboard. So it is fairly small, 
on the back of the keyboard, if you look at the top left on the back, you'll find a little hinge. You'll press that to the right, and that's how you open your battery compartment. The little lid comes completely off, and you'll put two AAA batteries in there, and they go in the standard way. So the flat port is next to the spring all the way on the inside of the compartment, and then you put the other one in, and its flat part will hit the little nib on the battery you've already placed in. And I was just doing that to show you, and then you'll snap the little battery compartment lid back on. Now, if you slide your hand to the right of where the lid is, where the little compartment is, you have to feel for it, but you're going to find a button. It's really, really recessed, but you will find it. And there's a little bit of what feels like embossed writing right next to it. And then there's the little button. And like I said, it's very recessed. It's right flush with the plastic of the keyboard back. But there's a button there. You will press that. It does have really nice tactile feedback, and that's your pairing button. To the right of that is a switch, which you can feel, and there's a little indentation, and then there's the switch. To the right is off, to the left is on. That'll turn on the keyboard. So because the back, due to the battery compartment, is a little higher up than the front, that will help with keeping everything all nice and being able to situate your hands and, and get everything ready to type. You will however want to leave your fingers kind of up and type with your fingertips you don't have a lot of space to stretch out your fingers so just note that your fingers will be bent when you are typing as is pretty standard with most bluetooth keyboards you don't have a lot of space to like flatten out your hands is what i'm trying to say right so, it's about the size of a laptop keyboard so if you've used a laptop keyboard in the past this would be about the size of your laptop keyboard there's no extended keypad on the right mm -hmm. side no. Nope. It's basically your standard Bluetooth mini keyboard. Well, it's your Bluetooth mini keyboard with Braille. Yeah, so let's give you a tour. So remember over the top it says Logic Keyboard. So I'm going to start with the first row. The first row has ES on your first key on the far left. That's Escape. And then we have F1 through F12. And the way these are done is F and then 1. And the 1 is like the number 1. So it's not Nemeth. It would be dot one. So F1, F2, and then when you get to F9, it stops and it doesn't give the Fs anymore, and it has 10, 11, and 12. F10 wouldn't fit on the keyboard. Exactly. You can only fit two characters on these, so you have 10, 11, and 12. And then to the very right of that, the last key on this row is DL, delete. So let's go down to the next row. So when you move down to the second row, all the way on the left, directly under the ES, or escape key, you'll have your grave accent key. And then your other keys have number signs in front of them. So you have 1 through 0, and then you have dash, equals, and then you have a rectangular key. These keys so far have been square, but this is a rectangular key that actually takes up two keys, eh, maybe a key and a half. It takes up about a key and a half. And it says D-E-L. This is actually backspace. So D-L is delete, and the key under it, D-E-L, is your backspace key. So then on the next row, we have tab, and then we start your QWERTY. Once you pass Y, of course, you have U-I-O-P. Then you have your left bracket, your right bracket, and your backslash. Now, like the Big Brother wired keyboard that I have here, it seems to be U-E-B Braille. Yes. For the punctuation marks, because some of them I just don't understand. I didn't know what that equals key was. But like your question mark and your period and that, those are all what you would be used to, but sometimes they're just not. So that would be like, for example, on the left bracket, 
you've got dots four, six, and then you've got one, two, six, and then for the right bracket, you've got dots four, six, and then you've got three, four, and five. Yes. So the row underneath that first row of letters, that top row of letters, you have your caps lock key, and then you have A through semicolon, and then you have apostrophe and enter. And enter again is a more rectangular key. The next row, you have shift, and then your letters begin again with Z through M, and then you have comma, period, backslash, and shift. On the bottom row, you have control, function, and windows, and these are represented by CT, FN, and WI. Then you have ALT, which is spelled out, A-L-T. Then you have space, which has no braille on it. It's the only key that has no tactile marking on it. Then you have your right ALT, CT again for control, and then you have something really cool. Tell us about what's on the far right. Your arrow keys. What's cool about them? They have pictures of arrows. Arrow they left, have little arrow tactile right. arrows. Yes. So what you don't have is an insert key. What you don't have is a context menu key. And just to keep in mind, there are two flavors of this Braille keyboard. One is a Windows setup, which is the one that we have. And the other one is a Mac setup. So you have Option, Command, instead of Windows and Alt. So it depends on what you use the most. Right. So what you want to keep in mind when looking at a keyboard is what the keyboard is and what you're going to use it with most. And the reason I'm even saying this is because if you're going to use it with your iPad, your iPhone, and your Mac, and you have a Windows PC, but you're going to use this keyboard with the other devices, the more mobile devices, then you might want to get the Apple version of the keyboard. And the reason I say that is it's less confusing to the end user. When you're looking at keyboard commands for your iPad and your iPhone, and they're saying command option or control option for VO, on this keyboard that's sitting in front of us, you would have control alt. That would be your VO key. So if you wanted to do something that was a voiceover command where it says VO or control option, you would mentally have to switch your mind to VO being control and alt. So when you're using a Windows keyboard with Mac devices or Apple devices, your command key is your Windows key and your option key is your alt key. So let's give you a couple of examples of keystrokes. In order to go to the home screen, you would do VOH. And I'm actually looking online at a list of keystrokes. So that would be Alt-Control-H on this specific keyboard. On the Apple version, it would be Control-Option-H, which is your standard VO designation. So if you want to go to the status bar, for example, you would do VO, so Alt-Control-M on this keyboard, or Control-Option-M on the Mac version. If you want to go to the notification screen, for example, you would press VOM to get to the status bar, and then you would do Option Up Arrow. And again, let's translate it for this specific keyboard or the Windows model. VOM would be all Control M, and then you would do Windows Up Arrow. For Control Center, it would be the same thing, but Windows Down Arrow. 
So again, when you're working with this type of keyboard, I would suggest getting the one for the devices that you're going to use the most because it just keeps you from having to translate. Is this Windows thingy or is this <laughs> alt thingy? So Absolutely. And now we can enter the Mystic Access Magic Castle with Michelle from Logic Keyboard. Welcome to the Mystic Access Magic Castle. So we are back in the Mystic Access Magic Castle with Yay, Michelle. Castle. Yes, with Michelle Melkin from Logic Keyboard. And she was a guest on the podcast back in May of 2022. So it's been quite a while. And we met her at CSUN, loved her Braille keyboards. And she posed a question on that podcast. She did. She yeah. asked and you answered. So, Michelle, what do you have for us? Well, today I am happy to announce that we have launched the very first Braille and Braille large print Bluetooth mini keyboards in the world. That's amazing. And just to clarify, these are not Braille keyboards with the six dot Braille that you type in. This is a QWERTY keyboard, well, mini QWERTY keyboard with tactile Braille symbols on each key. And not just any tactile Braille symbols, we may add. These are really beautiful, high-quality tactile Braille symbols, and they're not stickers. For those of you who didn't catch the first podcast we did with Michelle when we were talking about the full-sized Braille keyboards, these are not stickers. These are not some kind of labels that are pressed onto your keys. These are actually printed on the keys. It's fascinating. It's very, very nice to have a Bluetooth keyboard with Braille on it so that you can really orient yourself quickly to those keys. And for me, because I actually have one and I've been testing it for a while, which is very cool. The Braille keyboard allows you to figure out exactly where you are and where the arrow keys are. So there's really no guesswork, having your fingers on the wrong keys, starting to type that all important email or typing to Siri because she can't listen to you. So that kind of thing. So it's really nice to have that Bluetooth Braille keyboard. So Chris, we have an interesting process that we use to make these. For those of you who weren't with us for the last podcast. We tried to talk a lot about it because it is a proprietary process that we developed a little over a year ago. And the process includes many passes over the keyboard to actually build the Braille on top of the keys. And then there is a special coding that is put over the keys and keyboard to ensure that nothing rubs off, that over time, there's no challenges or issues with the bumps either you know breaking off or loosening. And so it's been really fun to be a part of the project with the team in terms of them developing it and the process that they've used to be able to come out with this amazing keyboard. I said this before on the other podcast, and I'll say it again. I first saw a full cordy keyboard with braille stickers on it in the early 90s and it drove me crazy to have the braille under my fingers like that it may have been the stickers but the braille under my fingers in the logic keyboard keyboards don't bother me at all no and they're not going to come off 
You don't have to worry about, wait, was that a C? Was that an M? Was that an N? What was that actually supposed to be? Yeah. And interestingly, when we first developed our keyboards for editing of like music and video, and so working with teams that use their keyboard all day long, similar to you guys, when you edit your final podcast products and they have built these keyboards to withstand over a hundred million keystrokes. So one thing that you don't see like on the Windows key, for example, you actually don't see a W because that would conflict with the W that's up near the top of your keyboard. So you have different pictures in some cases for the keys that are on that keyboard as well. And you've got arrow keys. Your arrow keys are arrows, which is really cool. So you know exactly which direction you're going to go when you press that key. So that's the fun part about having Braille on you know, your keyboard. Yes. The other thing that we had talked about is how the keyboard actually connects by way of Bluetooth. Yes. Uh, each of the keyboards on the back side has three things. It has a door for two AAA batteries that come with the keyboard in the box, along with the directions for the keyboard. And then there is an on-off switch and a connect button all on the underside of the keyboard. So you have to keep that in mind when you're connecting your Bluetooth keyboard is to press and hold the connect button and then search for it in your normal way of connecting your favorite Bluetooth devices. And the nice thing is there is an on-off switch. So you can switch it off and it's not yes. drawing any power on those batteries. You switch it on. You don't have to press and hold a key to turn it on. Sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. And, and then you don't know if it actually went off. Right. You're thinking, is it killing my battery? What's going on? Right. So yeah, I, I, turn mine, I turn mine on and off each time. I'm not going to use it for long periods of time. But I will tell you that the batteries in mine have lasted a year. So Yeah, um, that's great. And you have two models of this Bluetooth keyboard, right? You have a Windows version and a Mac version or an Apple version. And what's we, the difference? We do. The difference is the Windows versus the command key, and then a little bit different layout in terms of the function and control. On the Windows keyboard, the control is the very bottom left button with the function to the right of it. And on the Mac version of it, it's exactly opposite. The function is a lower left-hand key, and the control is next to it to the right. So, and there's a, obviously a command key versus an alt key. Right. Sure. So if you purchase one of these keyboards and you have a Windows keyboard, you can still use it on the Mac. So if you sometimes use the keyboard on a Mac or on an iOS device, you just have to know that, yes, it's a Windows keyboard. Things will still work as one would expect. Well, Chris, you may have some challenges with some of the functionality, so I wouldn't necessarily recommend it. Where they flip. I think command is Windows or something like that. I think that those types of keyboards do flip, but you don't going... recommend it, but that could be true, yes. Exactly, yes. But I get it. If you're buying a keyboard, you buy it for the device that you would use it on the most, or yeah, devices the primary or device. platform Absolutely. that you would Absolutely. use it on the most. Yeah, and I mean, these keyboards are great for your Apple iPads, your iPhones, those types of devices. 
This keyboard is about the size of what you would find on your laptop keyboard. So for anybody who's trying to imagine, okay, well, what size is it? If you're using a laptop and you're using that laptop keyboard versus a wired keyboard to it, it's going to be about the same size and layout as that laptop keyboard. And it's compact. You can carry it with you in a briefcase, in a laptop bag, anything like that to allow you to take it to presentations, to take it on business trips. Because let's face it, okay, sure, you can type on your phone, no problem. But if you want to make sure you're getting accurate information in there, sometimes it helps to have that keyboard to make that experience a little more seamless for you. So the more you have the ability to do that with a nice compact option, and particularly with the Braille, so that if you think there's a possibility that you're going to type too fast, like I do sometimes, and hit a double letter or something else silly that you shouldn't be doing in a text, this may help you become a little more conscious of that so that you can, you know, try to ensure that you're hitting the correct keys and doing everything right. So if you're doing something professional, particularly presentation notes or notes that you're going to be sharing with other people for handouts, something like that, PowerPoints, you want to make sure it's right. And so this is a way to ensure that. Great. That's a great comment, Kim. I always say that even though I don't have big thumbs, I sure feel like I have big thumbs when I type on my phone. I hear you. Well, I think we all do. Yeah. Yeah. It's too easy to make that embarrassing mistake when you're doing something, when you're trying to type that text or that email or whatever. And, you know, you can very easily, especially if you've got like autocorrect on, you know, it's like, wait, that wasn't what I meant. No. So you don't want that to happen to you. Yeah. And one other thing I'd like to add just, you know, for everyone out there, myself, Michelle Malkin with Logic Keyboard and Kim and Chris, we kind of come with the product. So we're happy to answer any questions or help you get connected. They can certainly share my telephone number and I'm, I'm always willing to help ensure that when a product finds its final home, that we can make sure that it gets connected and set up to your computer. Absolutely. We're so excited about these. It's so fun to have this option available. And again, with the quality that you guys provide, you know, just to have another option to utilize that. It's really fantastic. Yeah. And if anyone out there is going to be at CSUN, please feel free to stop by our booth and I'd be happy to show you the keyboard. That would be the Logic Keyboard booth. There is no Mystic Access booth. Unfortunately, as much as we would love to go to sunny California for CSUN, we won't be there this year. I'm going to miss you there. Oh, we'll be seeing you there. It was so fun. So, Michelle, thank you for coming on and letting us know about the Bluetooth Braille keyboard. It was really, really cool to have been kind of a part of, if you will, (laughs) the dawn or the birth of the Bluetooth keyboard, I suppose. Thank you for joining us. You're very welcome. And you were part of the birth, definitely a part of the birth of this Bluetooth keyboard. It was you guys first making the suggestion and it was your listeners who gave the feedback to us that thought it would be a great idea to bring to life. So thank you. And thanks for everybody on the show. Thank you for your visit to the Mystic Access Magic Castle. You're welcome anytime. We hope you enjoyed hearing more from Michelle about the keyboard and that our impressions have helped you guys out. For those of you who have never purchased anything from us before, remember, we're never pressuring you to purchase anything. And we don't sell anything we don't use. So keep that in mind as well. If we don't like it, we're not going to sell it. Right. So 
that's why this company has made it onto our website. So thank you to all of you who have shown interest in these. And we really hope that some of you will find this particular keyboard of interest. Now, just a note, we don't have these up on the site yet. Check by Friday morning. So check by the morning of March 10th. That's Friday. And we'll endeavor to have these up on the site by then. So if you're interested in learning more, you can. Because these are Braille, they are more expensive than your regular Bluetooth keyboard. Keep that in mind. So we're not going to give prices right this moment because they probably will differ a bit depending on what you're getting. So just keep that in mind. These are not your $50 Bluetooth keyboards. However, for those of you who like the idea of using a Braille keyboard, being able to have the Braille under your fingers. One thing I notice, for instance, is if I have my hands on this keyboard and on my home row, for instance, I can very confidently move, let's say, up to the top and find like one of my function keys very, very quickly. I don't have to kind of read each key. I can just move across two or three keys and I'm there very fast. So it's faster than perhaps on a traditional keyboard. But I'm also a lifelong Braille reader. So it's going to depend on you and it's going to depend on what you like. The Braille is incredibly crisp and the action of these keys is very, very good. And we think you'll be very happy if you choose to check this out. We can also link to the show notes in the other podcast. Absolutely. So you can learn more about the original keyboards as well. So thank you, everybody. Stay hydrated and bye. Bye. The preceding podcast is a presentation of Mystic Access, where the magic is in learning. If you are blind or visually impaired and wish to experience less stress and more fun on your unique assistive technology journey, our comprehensive audio documentation and additional offerings are here to support you. We welcome your visit at mysticaccess.com. That's M-Y-S-T-I-C-A-C-C-E-S-S dot com. Have a question or wish to place an order via phone? Call us at 716-543-3323. If you have comments to share about this episode, follow our phone menu prompts to reach our Mystic Access podcast comment line. Email us at infomysticaccess.com and connect with us on social media, mastodonmysticaccess.online and facebook.com slash mysticaccessempower. Would you like to spread the word about our podcasts? Anyone may explore our extensive archives and subscribe to receive our bi-weekly episodes at mysticaccesspodcast.com. If you enjoy our content, please consider rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. Thanks for spreading the word and for being a listener. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you.